It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary. Maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Minute five to play. Ruby on the right side. Just ahead to Mitchell. Three ball right side. Cold-blooded rookie from the right side. Donovan Mitchell. And the Jazz are up by four. 103-99. You are locked on Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 11th of October. Donovan Mitchell. Just terrific. Rudy Gobert, a dominating scorer? Or is this all because the Lakers are awful? We'll talk about that, plus Ricky Rubio's role with the Jazz and some lineup closing notes from last night. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Thanks so much for tuning into the Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz and all things jazz. You can get it at Google and Android and Alexa and Google Home and everything along the way. We're excited to have you uh, do all of those things. So thanks very much for tuning in uh, to today's show here on Locked on Jazz. One note for you. Uh, right now, Postcast is only up at uh, Locked on Jazz on Facebook, we'll try to get that moved over to the podcast feed. It'll be just a little different. Remember, there's LockedOnJazz.net for you uh, as well. LockedOnJazz.net has emptied the noggin after every show and all the other little spots for you to get your latest uh, information. So that's enough to get you pretty excited for the season, isn't it? That will do it because Donovan Mitchell was just terrific last night. Just enough to make you just fire up for Wednesday against Denver and Saturday at home against Oklahoma City. Tickets for both of those are available. Uh, really, the Jazz just were got, got a great kind of script last night. That They got a close game late. They got to play uh, a close game, have that experience, and then uh, a, able to play, learn each other a little bit, and get the win. And Donovan Mitchell was the story of the night and everyone's chatting in the building afterwards and and more. He was just terrific last night. 10 of 20 from the floor, hit just 2 of 9 from 3, but was, was at times the best player on the floor and just with fabulous play after fabulous play. Now, the Lakers are not good, probably going to be one of the worst defensive teams in the league, probably one of the worst teams in the league. But that was a fair fight. Back end of a back-to-back. Uh, and and, I, and Mitchell's 26 points was very much the key last night. Five rebounds, three assists, a steal. An incredible drive late in the game. Willingness to pull the trigger. He bypassed a corner three late in the fourth. 
If you want to relive the fourth quarter, by the way, the Utah Jazz radio podcast is available to you. It has the play-by-play. Last night we don't have the third quarter for technical purposes. But so if you want the first, second, and third quarters of last night or fourth quarters of last night's game, you can get that at the Utah Jazz radio podcast uh, and relive some of the excitement. I got into it. It was fun. And it was late, so you probably missed it. But Mitchell was just terrific. Uh, bypassed a corner three late in the fourth quarter. And then the next two opportunities he had, he didn't bypass anything. That's what jumps out to me about this kid. What One of the super athleticism, the moves to the basket. He's just so abundantly, obviously, an NBA player. Frankly, contrasted to Brandon Ingram, second pick of last year's draft, who's very skilled. But you watch Brandon, Brandon Ingram, and you kind of are still trying to figure out how it's going to NBA work. You're not worrying. You're not wondering that at all on Donovan Mitchell. You're not wondering that about many of the young kids in this draft. This draft might be really something else. And so you're watching Donovan Mitchell. It's abundantly clear that this kid is an NBA player. And uh, the fearlessness by which he approached the fourth quarter, he bypassed that corner three, caused the Jazz uh, kind of to lose a possession there, and then uh, is from there is able to kind of bounce back with that mid-range jumper with 128 left, next possession down, beautiful pass from uh, Rubio, and he buries the three on the right side to give the Jazz the four-point lead with a minute left and virtually seal the game. Uh, Moreover, his ability to get shots, his ability to get buckets, it's why the Jazz want to play him at the two, not the one, as much as they can last night. It was kind of a mismatch without Howell Neto uh, and without Neto's availability, but you're they, he's going to have to get this team some buckets. And he's – I think he and Hood are going to end up playing some together. I think this kid's going to play. Now, there's going to be nights where he does exactly what he did in the preseason game earlier where he goes two for whatever. Uh, but there are also are nights like last night where he's going to have 26. I don't know how efficient he's going to be. Rookies are usually not efficient. But this kid's got a little gumption to him. He's – Completely delightful to deal with. He is effect on the court never changes. And he does not seem wowed by the moment at all. I thought it was really interesting after the game when Ricky Rubio joined us and talked about how Mitchell is always asking questions uh, about the game, what he can learn, and uh, what else there is out there. So, uh just great signs. Jazz went after last night. Mitchell played 33. Rubio played 32. Gobert played 33. Ingles played 28. Favors played 24. Rodney played four minutes out with a sore neck. Rodney had a great preseason when he played, but he only played three of the five games. Hopefully that is not the story of his season because the Jazz are going to need him to play games. Uh, I think what's going on with Gobert gets interesting here. I mean, last night he torched the Lakers who you know played Julius Randle as a center, but he had 29 points last night. He only had more than that once all of last year. He was 10 of 12 from the field. Kind of ruins my premise, at least for a night, that his shooting percentage is going to drop because he's getting the ball in different spots. He and Rubio still trying to figure each other out. Talking to Rubio after the game, Rubio said, you know, it's hard. He really likes lobs, and that's not a um, spot where I'm used to yet. Um, that he re- he really, really likes lobs as his 
as the place he likes more than anything else. And um, it'll be interesting to see. And he's, and, you know, I, and Rubio says his tendency is to throw the bounce pass. He likes to come off the pick and roll, get the bounce pass into the pocket. And Gobert's catching the ball a little bit further away from the basket than he's used to. With that, in turn, what we're seeing is that the that I, I expected that some of his shooting numbers would drop. That that has not happened as of yet. Uh, in fact, the exact opposite last night. He was 10 of 12 shooting, and he was just terrific. Uh, and I wonder whether or not he is going to be the one who picks up a great deal of the offensive burden left by Hayward. Now, that seems weird to say that, but Gobert is the Jazz are just rolling him to the rim on so much of the offense. So such a tremendous amount of the Jazz offense right now is completely Rudy Gobert rolling to the basket and teams having to adjust to that as the primary thing uh, that they're adjusting to. Um, and from there, you wonder, can they... Our team's going to just if it if someone takes away Rudy, it usually takes a third player to do that. See, the thing on Rubio is he's a pretty good mid-range shooter. So if you run a pick and roll and he's open in the mid-range because you dropped all the way back to try to top the lob, he's probably making that shot. The second. The second item here is that if you bring a third guy in to try to bump Gobert on the roll, Gobert can then tie that third guy up and you're opening up a corner three shooter or a wing three and you've got Rubio now distributing. And that's the premise of the Jazz offense this year. And and what the Jazz are going to be able to do with their offense is spacing by pressuring above the rim at a way that flattens out the defense and then creates opportunities for for everyone around them. Then they got to knock down shots. What's going on with Rubio is interesting also. Rubio took 18 shots last night. Rubio is on a team that needs him to use possessions in a way that I don't think he has ever had. So last year he took 18 shots in two or game more 18 or more shots in two games all year. Now interestingly about Rubio his three highest shot attempt games were March 30th, April 4th and April 6th. So maybe he just turned a page. He dropped 33 against the Lakers on March 30th. And then Took 19 shots against Portland and 17 shots against Golden State. But 18 shots last night by Rubio is the, would have been the third most he'd taken in any game. He went 2 of 8 from 3, only 6 of 18 shooting. It's still not a pretty shooting thing. But here's the thing about Rubio that I think people don't quite understand, and that is the amount of free throws he takes. So last year, Ricky Rubio used 13% of his possessions at the free throw line. Okay, 
What the heck does that mean, Locke? Good question. So let's dig into it a little bit. Kevin Durant, 12.7%. James Harden is the highest in the league at 16%. LeBron James, 124 Remember, uh, Rubio's at 129 Kyle Lowry, 12.9%. Exactly the same. Uh, Chris Paul, 11%. Mike Conley, 12%. So this guy goes to the line at a really, really high rate. In fact, much higher rate than just about any most point guards in the league. In fact, let's take a look at that. If you take the point guards in the NBA last year and take their percentage of possessions used at the line, and why is this important? This is important because free throw shooting is the most efficient way, and particularly when you're 90%. So the number one point guard last year going to the line was Isaiah Thomas at 14.5, followed by Jeff Teague at 14%, then Eric Bledsoe at 13.8, then Russell Westbrook at 13.5, and then Ricky Rubio at 12.9. The point guards really played a lot last year. I mean, I, I've dropped Gary Neal and Andrew Harrison and Spencer Dinwiddie and DeLon Wright. They just you know, they didn't play enough. But so guys who played last night, Ricky, or last year, Ricky Rubio went to the free throw line at the fifth highest rate out there. Now, he turned it over at a really high rate, too. He doesn't use as many possessions as some of these other guys. But he went to the free throw line 12.9. The only guys more, Westbrook, Bledsoe, Teague, and Isaiah Thomas. Pretty, pretty interesting. And when you shoot 89%, suddenly you become a much more efficient offensive player. So despite the fact that Rubio shoots 40% from the field and 30% from three last year, 31. He's only, and he doesn't use a ton of possessions. He uses 10 scoring opportunities a night compared to the you know, 28 of Westbrook or the 19 of Bledsoe or the 13 of Teague or the 23 of Isaiah Thomas. So it's a, it's a little bit of a different. Or Kyle Lowry is right there with him at 18. But his pack rating is a minus .3. It's not dreadful despite his poor shooting. Kyle Lowry's... Pretty special, by the way. Plus 2.6. But really what this means is when Rubio, per scoring opportunity, Rubio is scoring, just to give you the kind of delve in, 1.08 points per scoring opportunity. League average is 1.1. All right, so when he uses the scoring, he's a little below league average, but not a lot. And he, he gets to the line when he needs to. He got to the line five times in the fourth quarter last night. But the world, you know, we the three kind of takeaways from this final game of the preseason is this idea that all of a sudden on the final game of the preseason we have Rubio and Gobert doing things they didn't do at all last year and then the emergence of Mitchell. Now, obviously, Rodney didn't play. That's, that's a big part of it. The other thing that was interesting last night was the closing lineup. So the Jazz closing lineup last night was Rubio – with Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Joe Johnson, and Rudy Gobert. And now, assuming that Rodney Hood is healthy, somebody else is on the floor there. But I don't know that I think it's Donovan Mitchell leaving the game. I mean, the easy answer is, well, Mitchell, I, I'm not so certain on that. And the Jazz went to that closing lineup when Mitchell came in for Burks with 5.53 left, and they trailed. Actually, the game was tied at that point. 
and then they made their run. And there was an interesting little substitution that Quinn pulled off, kind of aware that's going to happen. He pulls Mitchell at the 826 mark, having played quite a bit, about 10 minutes in a row. And knowing that he's going to circle him back, I'm assuming, at the pretty soon he does three minutes later the 544 mark. Mitchell is going to force himself onto the floor. I mean, I've tried to beat around the bush and prevent that from being the conversation and putting too much pressure on the young kid and this and that. I, I, I think we can kind of stop with any any thought that, that there's any question of that. Right? He, he is going to force himself on the floor. And he, and he showed that last night. Special kid. Really, really special kid the Jazz have. The whole draft class might be special. Markinen, I think, had a nice night last night for Chicago in the preseason game. Preseason is not a great indicator, by the way. You know, I don't want to get too – I'm pretty excited about what I saw last night because those are NBA plays, right? You can you can see it. Those are NBA plays. You, It's interesting. You watch Josh Jackson for Phoenix. I saw more NBA plays than I did the uh, – from Brandon Ingram. But th- this this draft class is going to be good. There, there's some really, there's some nice players. There. And and they're also going to have nights like he did the other night. Right? Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Like, he's not going to be, uh, I mean, maybe he, maybe he makes a run for rookie of the year. I mean, he's pretty special. John Ireland, Laker play-by-play announcer. I mean, three years ago, I, I remember we saw him, and he called three or four years ago now, probably five, we're getting old calls me he's like oh my gosh i just saw this kid damian lillard at weaver state he's incredible he's going to be a star and sure enough he was last night john ireland after the game said to me that he thinks donovan mitchell was better last night than any preseason game he saw from damian lillard might be a stretch might be but let's just have the conversation loose it's exciting uh, interesting game last night in the preseason. Oklahoma City and Denver kind of went at it a little bit. They played pretty hard. Both teams kind of rolled. Oklahoma City got what they wanted out of uh, their big guys. You, you kind of look at the box score. I'm actually will probably watch this game at some point since that's who we play in two of our first three games of the year. Uh, Oklahoma City won it 96-86. They were, it was a five-point lead going into the fourth, but they – Paul George had 19, 11 points, four assists, five steals, a block. I mean, that's what Paul George can do. He had 19 points, but he had 19 points on 19 shot attempts. Carmelo Anthony had 16 points on 17 shot attempts. And thank goodness for Russ, who had 20 points on 13 shot attempts and seven assists last night. Uh, it, it's If you first through three quarters, uh, Look at the box score of that game through the first three quarters. It's an it's an interesting box score because both these teams played their guys quarters one through three last night. Uh, but through three quarters, which is 36 minutes, Russ had played 28, Paul George played 26, Carmelo 22, Stephen Adams 23, Andre Robertson 21, and a, and a regular bench rotation. So bo- everybody kind of went at it. At that point, uh you know, Carmelo's taken 17 shots in 21 minutes. Paul George was 3 of 12. It wasn't until Paul George got going to put up big numbers in the fourth quarter. 
on his own. Westbrook was dominating at 9 of 13. The Thunder led this game by 5. Over on the Nuggets end of things, Jokic was 5 of 16. Harris was 3 of 10. Jamal Murray played point was 2 of 10. Emmanuel Moutier didn't play last night. But they kind of went there. Paul Millsap had played 19. He went 2 of 8. Uh, and they played Jameer Nelson as their backup, Mason Plumley and Juan Herman Gomez, which they probably will. Both uh, Kenneth Freed and Trey Lyles didn't seem to play much or didn't play through three quarters. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for tuning in. Go get your 45 jerseys. Tickets are available to Wednesday and Saturday's games. Should be a great deal of fun. Thanks very much for tuning in. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts, and hit that subscribe button.